Hello Royals, happy Thursday and welcome back to Stain History. I'm your host, Sean Cavanaugh. The only announcement for today is explaining why I'm going live today. Unfortunately, my co-host is not feeling well, so I'm filling in for today's episode. With that, let's get to the history. On this day in 1913, Joseph Dukasvili signed himself as Stalin, which means Man of Steel in Russian. Yes, I'm referring to Joseph Stalin. Joseph Stalin, the dictator of Russia who killed at least 1.2 million and at most 20 million people. He was born in Isob Besaronis Dzhuzgavili in Georgia. You can see why I chose the last name Stalin. A name like the one he was born with isn't that foreboding. However, something short and robust like Joseph Stalin sends a message. Yet, staying true to this episode's original idea, this episode will not be about Stalin. Instead, it will be discussing historical pen names. With that, let's get started. One of the first historical pen names that comes to mind is Brutus. Brutus was a pen name for an anti-federalist who wrote to New Yorkers to encourage them to reject the Constitution. For context, during the late 1780s, there was a conflict between the Federalists and Anti-Federalists. The Articles of Confederation were being scrapped and the Constitution was presented as its replacement. The Anti-Federalists believed that the Constitution was too powerful and would create an overbearing government. Conversely, the Federalists believed that this strong central government was what the nation needed. Thus, each group tried to convince the country to support their side. Both groups tried to spread their ideas through print media, specifically by writing letters to the general public. For the Anti-Federalists, this is where Brutus comes in. Brutus published 16 of his essays in the New York Journal and Weekly Register. However, something to note is that Brutus's identity is unknown, unlike other pen names. Historians believe either Melanchthon Smith of Poughkeepsie or John Williams of Salem is behind the Brutus moniker. The Federalists themselves also use pen names. The Federalist Papers, which were written by James Madison, John Jay, and Alexander Hamilton, they all collectively use the pen name Publius. As one can imagine, the Federalist Papers were the opposite of the Anti-Federalist Papers. Let's look at another historical pen name to jump further into American history, that being Mark Twain. For those who don't know, Mark Twain was not the author's real name. In fact, Mark Twain's real name was Samuel Clemens. Twain felt that he should use a pen name as every writer had one. Thus, he chose Mark Twain. The reason for selecting Mark Twain is that the name was from a mariner he once met. The original user of the name had died in 1869, allowing Twain to start using it. Next is Stan Lee. This pen name is only a slight alteration to his real name. Stan Lee's real name is actually Stanley Martin Lieber. Lee had adopted this alias as he wanted to hide his comic book excursions. At that time, comic books were not as socially acceptable as they are now. Since Stan Lee wanted to work on bigger and better projects in the future, he used a pen name. By doing this, he could reserve his actual name for when he would write the great American novel. To round off American pen names, we have Stephen King, who wrote under the title Richard Bachman. The reason for King adopting this pen name was to get around societal norms. When King's career was beginning, it was believed by publishers that an author could only write one book per year. Audiences would be more receptive to an author who limited their publications rather than release many at a time. King adopted this name to be able to publish more of his books at a time. King also did it as an experiment to see if his sheer talent resulted from his success. If his name was not attached to his pen name, he could see where people liked his work as he presented it to be from a no-name author. King has stated he has not found an answer to his question. Now, let's move on to British pen names. The first one to look at is Emily Bronte. Bronte wrote under the pseudonym Ellis Bell. Since Bronte wrote in the mid-1800s, it's probably apparent why she adopted the alias. 
No publisher would accept Bronte if she tried to publish her works as a woman. However, if she published them as a man, she could get around the gender norms. Under this name, she published her only novel, Wuthering Heights. While the book was polarizing upon its release, it became a part of classic English literature. After this, we have Agatha Christie, who used Mary Westmacott. Christie used this alias for the most atypical reason in this list. She used his pen name to allow herself creative freedom. Under this pen name, she could write books separated from her crime and mystery novels brand. She said the name allowed her to study her most private and previous imaginative garden. This proved to be a good move for Christie, as her books under this alias were usually reviewed better than books under her brand. Finally, we have George Orwell, whose real name is Eric Arthur Blair. The name George Orwell has two parts in its meaning. The first part, George, is inspired by the patron saint of England, St. George Lydia. The second part, Orwell, was taken from one of his favorite places, the River Orwell. Overall, he adopted this name as he felt it was very English. Well, that wraps up for today, Royals. I did not expect I would be doing this episode. It is out of the ordinary for me, both event-wise and structure-wise. However, I did have fun doing this. Either way, thank you for listening, Royals, and happy Thursday.